0: Hello and welcome to episode 604 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this evening. My name is Terence M. Stanton. We are recording on Thursday, July 27th, 2023 in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us begin with the Thursday prayer to the most blessed Virgin Mary to obtain heaven by St. Alphonsus Liguri. O Queen of Paradise, who reignest above all the choirs of angels, and who art the nearest of all creatures to God, I, a miserable sinner, salute thee from this valley of tears, and beseech thee to turn thy compassionate eyes towards me. For whichever side they turn, they dispense graces. See, O Marion, how many dangers I now am, and shall be, as long as I live in this world, of losing my soul, of losing heaven and God. In thee, O Lady, I have placed all my hopes. I love thee, and sigh to go soon to see thee, and praise thee in heaven. Ah, Mary, when will be that happy day on which I shall see myself safe at thy feet and contemplate my mother, who has done so much for my salvation? When shall I kiss that hand, which has delivered me so many times from hell and has dispensed me so many graces, when, on account of my sins, I deserve to be hated and abandoned by all? My lady, in life, I have been very ungrateful to thee, but if I get to heaven, I shall no longer be ungrateful. There, I shall love thee as much as I can in every moment for all eternity, and shall make amends for my ingratitude by blessing and thanking thee forever. I thank God with my whole heart who gives me firm confidence in the blood of Jesus Christ and in thee and the conviction that thou wilt save me, that thou wilt deliver me from my sins, that thou wilt give me light and strength to execute the divine will, and in fine that thou wilt lead me to the gate of paradise. Thy servants have hoped for all this and not one of them was deceived. No, neither shall I be deceived. O Mary, my full confidence is that thou hast to save me Beseech thy son Jesus, as I also beseech him, by the merits of his passion, to preserve and always increase his confidence in me, and I shall be saved. Today, friends, we're going to continue the Your Right to Know series, which was penned a decade ago by Mr. John F. Kiply, the co-founder, along with his wife Sheila, of the Coupled Couple League and Natural Family Planning International. This is from the Natural Family Planning International website. You can locate that at nfpandmore.org. That's nfpandmore.org. This was the fifth installment of the you Right to Know series entitled The Cervix Sign. Once again, we're going through this because this is Natural Family Planning Awareness Week. Natural Family Planning, the definitive answer the Catholic Church's teaching in regard to marriage and human sexuality, the definitive answer to the anti-life culture that we are living in. We need to take back the culture for our Lord Jesus Christ and his one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We need a mass return to the one true faith and a return to chastity, modesty, and self-control. And the right kind of marriage preparation program can go a long way towards doing that. Of course, with other things like traditional forms of piety, praying the rosary every single day, attending the traditional Latin mass or or divine liturgy, avoiding the Novus Ordo, studying good catechisms, pre-Vatican II catechisms. We have to know the faith, we have to pass it on to our children, and we have to live the faith. Mr. Kipley begins by saying, as indicated in the August 11th post, of Dr. Edward F. Keefe's cover line article on the internal observations of cervical mucus, his patients taught him about changes in the cervix itself, changes that had not been previously reported in the medical literature. He first reported on this in 1962 in the Bulletin of the Sloan Hospital for Women. 15 years later, he reported it in the International Review of Natural Family Planning, volume one, number one, spring 1977. It is interesting both in its detail and in the responses he gives to questions about its effectiveness when used in systematic NFP. As Dr. Keefe indicates in this article, squeamishness hinders some women from ever making the exam, and he addresses that issue. He never advocates a cervix-only system for purposes of avoiding pregnancy. In NFPI, we teach the observation of the cervix as a supplement to the mucus and temperature signs experienced women have told us that the cervix sign is sometimes the best sign for them about their fertility or infertility, especially in extended breastfeeding amenorrhea or during premenopause. If you would like to read his 1977 report, see, and a hyperlink is given to that report. And it's uh, then signed John F. Kipling, August 18th, 2013. Friends, we have to do something about this. We have to do something about the crisis in the church, the crisis in regards to immorality. I was looking at Twitter recently, and there was uh, an individual who I I believe goes by the handle Penitent Knight is a picture of uh, St. Maximilian Kolbe. And he showed, or she, I'm not sure if obviously it's a, a man or a woman operating the account, uh, a picture of a 1961 rosary rally in San Francisco, California. There were 500,000 people there. I'll repeat that. 500,000 people at a rosary rally in San Francisco, California. San Francisco, now known as one of the most liberal Maybe the most progressive city in the entire United States of America. I have a good friend who lives in a suburb of San Francisco, and he goes into the city for work. And what he described, you know, some of the people that he sees there and the goings on, I can't even repeat it. it. It's so terrible. And this was formerly one of the most beautiful cities in America, at least back in the the 1970s, early 1980s. The gentleman that my father used to work with for the United States Customs Service, when they go on vacation, they said a lot of times they um, going to San Francisco was one of their favorite places to go because it was so beautiful. And again, this is back in the late 70s, early 80s, maybe. They love going to San Francisco. What a beautiful town, great architecture, great people, great place to be, so much to do there. Now, there's people doing drugs right out on the the street in the open, and the crime rate is astronomical. People shoplift, and they don't get punished for it, and just all, all sorts of other madness, which, you know, once again, my friend has firsthand experience of this, and it's It's too vulgar to even mention. What happened? What happened from 1961 when you had half a million people there with Father Patrick Payton's rosary rally, half a million souls honoring Our Lady in San Francisco, once again, named after St. Francis, as so many places in California are. They're named after Catholic saints or, you know, Los Angeles, named after the angels. Sacramento, named after the blessed sacrament. San Francisco, obviously named after St. Francis. What happened? To go from such a Catholic milieu in the 1950s and early 1960s to the madness that we see now on our television screens and my, my friend sees in person when he goes into work. Well, that's a society that has become so-called progressive. Progressing off the edge of a cliff. That's what we have to ask people. You know, what are we progressing towards? There's no genuine progress outside of the moral order. Progress for the sake of progress has led us here, okay? We're all progressing in one of two places. We're progressing towards heaven or towards hell. Those are our eternal destinies. Don't believe all this mumbo jumbo you see on television. We have to be concerned with our eternal destinies. Don't believe a narrative that's crafted for you on Facebook or Twitter, you need to learn the truth about your life, about God's plan for you, and about God's plan for the world. That can only be found in its fullness and in all its beauty in the Catholic Church. So when we were going by God's plan in these United States, we were having rosary rallies that half a million people were attending now we have astronomical crime rates and contraception and pornography and abortion and people championing all sorts of immorality in these so-called pride parades, which get shoved down our throat every June. The month that's dedicated to our Lord's sacred heart becomes a month in this country dedicated towards vice, dedicated towards lust. How disgusting, how wicked. What do you think our Lord Jesus Christ thinks about that? What do you think Our Lady of Fatima thinks about that and St. Joseph? That we've allowed ourselves as a country, as a planet. By the way, Hello to everyone uh, who's listening from different countries. I shouldn't talk like this. We have 80% of our listeners are from the United States. We have listeners all over the world. Hello to our listeners in Denmark and Norway. I see that we have new listeners from there. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. But how do you think the Holy Family looks at what's going on wherever you are, the United States, Canada, Chile, Denmark, Norway, wherever. And they see this immorality. They see this wholesale rejection of the gospel. But still, they're interceding for us. Still, our Lord Jesus Christ loves you and loves me and loves everyone you've ever met or will ever meet more than we can possibly imagine. Loved us so much that he shed his blood for us, loved us so much that he was humiliated and tortured and murdered for us. We have to turn it around. And it starts with number one. Starts with the person who's looking back at you in the mirror every day to say, I'm going to do good and avoid evil today and every day of my life. I am going to repent and believe in the gospel. I am going to be the most devout Catholic I can possibly be aided by the Lord's grace. I'm going to pray the rosary every single day. I'm going to read a little bit from sacred scripture every single day. I'm going to become the best version of myself I can possibly be. I know a lot of times in these self-help books and DVDs and articles talk about being the best version of yourself. Well, that's a good thing to be, but you can't do it apart from God's grace. You can't just by force of sheer will, you know, do it on your own. We need the Lord's grace every day of our lives, every moment of our lives, we need him. We are not saved by faith alone friends, but we are saved by grace alone. We are saved by the Lord's grace. So make that commitment today, right now, as you're listening to this, that you're going to redouble your efforts aided by the Lord's grace to stop committing mortal sins, to start going to confession more often, to pray the rosary every single day, to read a little bit from sacred scripture every single day, to be the best possible father, mother, brother, sister, grandson, granddaughter, friend you can possibly be. Tell the Lord Jesus Christ that you love him every single day. Tell him you love him numerous times during the course of the day because he's done so much for us, he's given everything. For us, we need to be good stewards of our time, talent, and treasure because everything we have is on loan from the Lord. Nothing we have truly belongs to us. It's all his. We have to be good stewards of what he's given to us. Let's conclude by mentioning helping autism through learning and outreach available on the web at H A L O M A dot org. Please also tune in to episodes 277 and 548 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. The topic of conversation on those shows is RPM. RPM is an acronym for Rapid Prompting Method, a system of communication for non-speakers. Before my niece was about eight years old, we didn't even know her favorite color. Now we know that she is a comprehensive genius She's skilled at composing music. She's brilliant in mathematics. She even knows other languages. We would have known none of that were it not for RPM. Just as sign language was a revolutionary breakthrough for the deaf in terms of their being able to communicate, RPM rapid prompting method has been the same thing for non-speakers. Communication is a human right. We need to get the word out there far and wide. I can guarantee you, if you don't already, you will, unfortunately, at some point in the future, come into contact or someone in your family or your friend, your friends will have a non-speaker in their family. So many people have been injured by vaccines. It's what is the cause of this for, for many people. And we've seen the horrible instances of young, healthy people now, with these experimental gene therapies going into cardiac arrest and uh, sudden deaths, guy I knew who was perfectly healthy a couple of years ago, I graduated from high school, died in his sleep, and they're trying to normalize all this stuff. The rates of cancer are skyrocketing. If, I mean, come on, if you have critical thinking skills, like my elementary school teachers used to say when I was eight or nine years old, put on put on your thinking cap, all right, let's put on your thinking cap. What changed in the world over the last couple of years? What dramatic change was introduced into the population? Well, these experimental and immoral gene therapies, obviously. They're calling all. They're causing all sorts of bad reactions. Uh, disability claims are through the roof and people are dying. People are being killed all over the planet because of these things. And for non-speakers, uh, a lot of their issues happened because they were vaccine injured. My, my niece was vaccine injured, and that's why she's a non-speaker, but she's working on it. She's working on her ability to speak, and, but her primary method of communication right now is through RPM, so we got to get the word out there. Thank you so much for listening. Please tune in again tomorrow to the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. Goodbye, and God love you.